Hi, and welcome to A Little Lightning War, where we break down history and media, mostly books, movies, and games, and attempt to tackle the idea that history is boring. I'm your producer, director, and host, Steve Burnich. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, today with me, I've got a good friend of mine, a former student, uh, the first of many, um, who's still my friend, so I must have done something either way wrong or way right. Uh, but here he is. Uh, he's got a tremendous beard. Um, Eric Mailer. Uh, good evening. How are you doing, Eric? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm it's 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 funny. Like when when I started a little lightning war, and you know, I was like, oh, all right, what are what are Eric and I going to talk about? Like, I immediately knew you had to be a guest. <laughs> um, you know, and you'll probably be on. You know, because you're part of our little wargaming group, um, and we're all we, you and I are always bantering about history and politics and whatever. So, like, I, I'm sure you're going to be on, unless you hate it. Uh, I, I don't I, think I that would be possible. Well, you never know. I mean, I can be very, I can be very insulting, um, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll be on at other times when you know when the topics are, are you know, something that you're interested in or whatever. So uh, I'm, I'm just happy you're here. No, thank you for having me. So yeah, no. So so before we even get started, like, um, I taught you ancient history right mm -hmm. like you weren't in my regular because back at for you know at, at your high school um mm -hmm. whoops i uh <laughs> i was teaching american government and civics at the time which you don't see too often but i also was teaching this ancient history class and you took that right so you played so you played the game right yes i got i got the i got you for both electives i got you for ancient history and then for roots of intolerance you did okay okay mm -hmm. so yeah roots of intolerance was the holocaust class which um uh the, the the supervisor at the time wanted this like you know like idealistic name roots of intolerance and look i was like a new teacher which you, i don't think you guys knew because it wasn't my first career so you guys had no idea like i was i was already 30 when i first stepped into the classroom and like that was you guys uh you know so like i was totally a noob uh, and just, you know, and here was this, you know, this supervisor, we're like, we're going to name it this. I was like, sounds great. Sounds great. Whatever you want, <laughs> you know, like just, you know, don't fire me and let it be. Uh, it, well, no, out it was totally, a, it was totally a class that, sorry, I cut you off there. It was totally a class that, um, like that name caught everyone's attention. You know, th mm -hmm. that, that title was really cool. I mean, my parents came home and we're talking about that. So that's cool. I mean, I think it was a good choice. Well, that's, well, that's cool. I mean, that's really cool. It's also cool that like, Here's a class that I was teaching that provoked conversation with your parents like th that somewhere that's a win. You know what I mean? Like if you can get a high school teenager to like at dinner or whatever, be like, this is what I learned today. Like, holy cow. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, see, oh, that's right. You had both electives. OK, so that's good. And you played the game in ancient history, which was a lot of fun. Like oh I remember God. laminating the big map and putting that was the coolest pins. thing yep. I played as the, uh, the Phoenicians. I didn't even you know who they were. Until until that game. Oh, the Phoenicians were the coolest. They were the trading empire of the Mediterranean. Um, that made me very happy. That was, uh, you know, they had the purple dye, uh, you know, like all that. I remember because I totally, I'm not going to say I plagiarized that game, but it was, you know, someone, no, we had bought something. I don't know. I somehow requested it and, and the high school spent money. Like it was probably like a hundred bucks to get like these modules. And then I remember being after school, like laminating the map and all this. It was so, I was so like, this is going to be great. You know, I was very excited about it. It was um, totally one of those new teacher moments. Like, right. Like I'm going to create this game. It's going to be so cool. My class yeah. is going to love it. Yeah. Like now I'm like, ugh. 
<laughs> Poor kids now. I'm like, sure, I'll teach whatever. All right. Oh, I would love it if I could teach ancient history again. Um, I would probably also be better at it too. Like, I'm sure I taught things wrong, but who cares? Uh, you know, it's okay. We're all here now, you know, so. That's right. Hey, success. I made it out okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like a, a lot of people don't realize this, but high school in a lot of places isn't so much about the content. It's more about, you know, socialization and, and all that business. So anyway, speech, speaking of socialization, um, longtime listeners of A Little Lightning War by now are like, hey, get to the opening questions, man. <laughs> and so, I, and look, I, you know, I get the emails all the time. Uh, it's bad. I'm going to have to start plugging the email. Um, I have to make sure I have it. Actually, I haven't set it up. Total farce. See, smoke and mirrors. Uh, but anyway, um, we, we start with uh, three different questions in part to warm up the, uh, you know, my guest and just start talking. But also it provokes good conversations, too. So first and perhaps most importantly, uh, Eric, what are you drinking tonight? So tonight I am drinking Redemption Rye. It is a, uh, a rye whiskey that apparently is styled after the, the Prohibition rye whiskeys. Um, okay. So I thought it, I actually saw a commercial for it earlier today and picked it up specifically for the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fantastic. Oh, do you think they'll endorse the podcast? We're gonna have to, <laughs> I'm going to find them and send an email like, hey, you came up and we were kind about you. Um, just like, I mean... A couple of weeks ago, you know that I did that episode with Bruce. When Flames of War retweeted that that episode, I was like, oh, you know. Like, I got a couple of extra now. listeners. Yeah, and I've got an international audience now, too. So welcome to uh, the handful of you who are overseas in uh, Europe listening. I love it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to set up that email for listeners pretty soon. Um, all right, so not to be outdone. I'm kind of lame then. Ah, Redemption Rye. That sounds great. Like, was it a large bottle? Like, is it, oh, you have it right there. I have it right here. Oh, that looks, oh, I feel like I've seen that. All right. I'm going to have to, all right. That's, I mean, okay. you got to check it out. It's actually pretty no. good. If you like rye whiskey, like if you like that taste, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. Well, I'm writing it down. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, not lame, but like kind of just standard. I'm, I'm going with the, uh, the Brooklyn summer. Uh, oh, Brooklyn good choice. Summer Ale. Yeah. No, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's, it's delicious. It's summer. I mean, it's July 15th. Oh, it's so hot today. Where did the summer go? That's my question. Uh, you know, it has gone very quickly, in my opinion. Um, I think it's about to slow down. But, like, we had a bunch of trips. Or, like, as soon as school ended, like, there was this going on and this going on. And um, and those things are still happening, but they're more spread out now. So I feel mm -hmm. like things are slowing down for me a little bit, which is good. Because I am definitely looking forward to next school year being a normal school year. Um, right. But, uh, but you still need the summer. You still need the refresh. Um, so anyway, but anyway, um, <laughs> whoops, excuse me. Um, so yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, so, all right. So then question number two, um, what book are you reading or have you just finished or, or whatever? So currently I'm reading a book called the black March. Uh, it's about, uh, a young, a young guy, uh, Peter Newman who was in the um, Hitler Youth. And then oh. it's sort of, uh, I think he, I don't know if he wrote the book himself or if it's like his, his diary. That so this is of, not, this is nonfiction. Like it's an autobiography yeah, type. This is, okay. this okay. is like, a, this is like his real story. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in his words from the time. So it's interesting because it goes from him as a Hitler, as a member of the Hitler Youth and then ending up in the SS 
Of course. Um, and I'm I'm only like sixty pages in, but so far it's just it's eerie uh, hearing his hearing the way that the Nazis changed the way everything is presented. So like mm-hmm. he's talking about like their the school books and how things have changed and how like it's been rewritten so that basically you know the the Nazis are the victims. You know the the reason. You know, and, and some of the things that I'll talk about is true, right? Like the, the, the British and the French were not necessarily fair in the Treaty of Versailles. Yep. But like it, it, it's, it's, it's eerie just because seeing some of the parallels of, of the past and today and, and being able to, um, I don't know, it's just weird. It, it's, it's strange. Um, and I'm excited to see – oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was saying this book sounds right up my alley teaching what I teach. You know what I mean? Like obviously Absolutely. I still teach a Holocaust class. Um we a big part of what I teach is Hitler Youth and and things like you know at least like you know because there, there's so many different aspects about it too because like it doesn't mean like every kid who joined was you know an anti-Semitic kid like some of them like you know oh they got to go camping and 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 go fishing and and you know do mm-hmm. like games on the weekends like that's cool like get me out yeah, of my like poor Boy little village yeah it's like Boy Scouts mm-hmm. which you know has a certain compelling you know, we get to go do things that your little life isn't going to, but, but then they've got this captive audience and here's, Mm -hmm. here's what you weren't learning in that farm school of yours or whatever. So like there is a danger there for sure. Uh, That's totally interesting. The black March and what's the name? Newman. Yeah. Peter, Peter Newman. Um, it's actually, unfortunately the book is out of print. So you have to find like the copy I have is from, I think like the 1950s. My mom always would go to the thrift shop and just grab books that she thought that I would like. And so I have a bookshelf full of books that I have not yet read. Um, and so I don't even have to go and buy new books. I can just go to my bookshelf and you know, there's something that sounds interesting. That's fantastic. And she knew, and she knew of your love of the Hitler youth and was like, Oh, this would be great. for her. <laughs> There you go. I mean, that's perfect. That's, you know, like, that's what are moms for? That's perfect. Um, no, that sounds all right. I, so basically I might have to borrow that, that book from you when you're absolutely is, I mean, there is a used bookstore nearby, but uh, you know, who knows that type of thing is totally hit or miss, especially something that's been out of print for so long. Um, okay. Then, um, to counter that, I just finished literally this morning, um, I, I think you'd be interested. It's also nonfiction. It's a history book uh, called April 1865 mm. uh, by an author, Jay Winnick. I think it came out, I don't know, less than 10 years ago. Like it definitely, it's, it's fairly recent. Um, and what he, and first off, this guy has researched the heck out of the final month of the Civil War um, to the point where like it's very dense. Um, I definitely learned quite a bit. And, you know, I teach this stuff, but I was like, oh, my God, I didn't really know that or I always suspected that. But here it is, you know, Um, and it basically, you know, it starts with the lead up to the surrender at Appomattox, um, then goes to uh, Lincoln's assassination um, Mm -hmm. and how that threatened the surrender. Because like and here's something that I don't think it certainly doesn't get taught in any detail in high school. But if you go over the Civil War, like, oh, April 9th, surrender at Appomattox, that's it. Civil War's over, right? No, there were still Confederate armies in the field. Like, Nathan Bedford Forrest was still out there, like, raiding. Like, so all of these Confederate generals had to decide, are we going to surrender to, you know, okay. or is it just Lee? And, and you know, 
And obviously they all did, like everyone did the right thing, right? But some of them, you know, some of them did right away, but some were holding on and like Lincoln's assassination made them be like, well, is that an advantage we press now? Or is that going to be even worse? Because now the North is really going to be mad. Um, And of course, it, you know, follows John Wilkes Booth, his flight from Ford's theater, the conspirators. um, And, you know, it just it wraps it up in a nice little neat um, package, but it does end on this whole thing of, you know, like it started off right, but you know, we're, we're still rebuilding from this conflict. And I think that's a fair statement even today. I don't, I don't think, uh, the author meant to be as prophetic as he was when he wrote that. Um, but you know, in light of today's politics and, you know, the division in our politics and, and stuff like that, um, I think it's fair to say we're still feeling like the echoes of this conflict. Um, in certain ways. So I, I just found it, a you know, I like to read and learn um, and it's an excellent book. So I, I recommend that to you, Eric, and to anyone who's into the Civil War, April 1865 by Jay Winnick. Um, so there Absolutely. you go. No, I, I think um, I think that's really cool because I, I've always found it interesting, the idea that like we can go from fighting a, a horrible war, often, you know, the reason steeped in nationalism or, or hatred or whatever and you, you go, you go to, you know, whether it's World War II, whether it's um, Vietnam, whether it's the Civil War, you, you're, you basically hate each other. You're killing each other. And then you have to go from that to like, oh, actually, the war is over. Uh, the politics say we're done with this. But these animosities, these feelings, suddenly you have to just, they have to just go away. You, you have to just go back to normal. And I, I think, like, psychologically, that's got to be a very difficult thing for the people that are going through it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people struggle with it quite a bit um you know for i mean you know and there's always the good stories right um mm-hmm. uh, the christmas truce of 1914 and the beginning of world war one like you know these british and german uh men who decided like no we're not having it and they have like you know almost two weeks of peace till they finally all got transferred out and the fighting begins again um y- there's always good stories right but i think there's a lot of people who they'd rather not think about the opponent as like I'd rather not think about the guy over the you know who I'm aiming down my rifle at as just like me much easier that that guy's a monster and I need to do this right now um much easier which is I mean which is why well back to the book you're reading which is why the Hitler youth were indoctrinated as youth so early because they needed to see the opponents of Germany whether they were Jews or foreign nations or you know Britain and France or or Russia for sure communists yep as commun- yeah, like as, uh, you know, as, as subhuman as somehow below them, because it's just easier. And I think you get that in every conflict. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's funny, too, because it's it's tribalism, right? Like we do it all the time. Like, oh, you like the Rangers? Oh, yeah. I can't even <laughs> talk to you now. You know, like we do it all the time. I think it's a very human and it's not good. Like it's not a good thing. No. Like it's fine when it's just sports, whatever. But like it's not a good thing that we tend to categorize each other so quickly. Like, Oh, Eric has a beard. What's with that? <laughs> See, like, I feel like it's gotta be like baked into us, baked into our genetics or our DNA or something, right? Like, like we, we find others like us, we create our tribe, we create our group and you will risk your life. You will do whatever to protect the people that are within your group. And it's a mean, and in, you know, in all being part of this group, we fight to survive together. And then I, I feel like it builds up from there, right? So it's your your family, you know, your your 
town, your state, your whatever, you know, and, and then right. your country, and you, you know, so it's 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 crazy. It seems like it's something we just can't escape as human beings. No, I, I, I it is absolutely part of. I mean, we're animals, right? Human beings are animals. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you, as you were saying that, you know, I'll fight to protect my group. I was like, oh, Eric is now going into The Walking Dead. You're now describing the plot line of, of The Walking Dead. It's not the zombies. I don't know if people understand that yet. What are they on their ninth season? I stopped watching a little while. Uh, yeah, it's but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but speaking of which, then, uh, what movie or show have you most recently watched or currently? Like, what what do you want to talk about there? Like, are you watching a show that you really love right now, or did you just finish a movie and think it's worthwhile or anything? So yeah, my uh, my current show that I just I just finished a show called Black Summer. Um, so speaking of zombies and The Walking Dead, uh, okay. Black Summer is a it's a zombie show. Uh, it's a lot more horror than The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, it, the zombies are sc- scary. They're like screaming and they run and they're it's you know zombies zombies that we would all be screwed if that uh, makes if this ever happen. happen. That yeah, okay. and, Go, keep going because then I have a little anecdote there. But keep going. The keep way going. they shoot it is really cool because it's all these like little vignettes. It's not like one story. It's mm-hmm. like it jumps. Each one has a little title, and it jumps from you know this character to that character to that character. And sometimes the stories will intersect, and you'll see them. You'll see you know people from a few different storylines all cross. Something happens. The show is brutal. I mean, people just they die like that. You're okay. you're introduced to someone, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And it's just like what. Well, no, say, oh, I like that. Oh, forget it. Okay, never mind. I'll follow <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, forget getting attached to anyone because it's just brutal. But it's it's awesome. I mean, it's a really good show. Where can I see the show? Is it Netflix? Is it yeah. HBO? It's, it's on, Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. Okay, done. Then, then I'm watching it for sure. Because, all right, first off, you sold me at Scary Zombies. And here's, here's my favorite... You just... What you just described touched on two of my famous favorite, like, zombie things. The first being 28 Days Later. Yes. Have you, You've seen it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those zombies it. are terrifying. They run. Mm-hmm. They're fast. Like, you know, like, they're, they're, they're those, that movie scared the hell out of me, and I loved it for it. I was like, thank you for, you know, not being the same type of, you know, whatever. And and I think that's why, you know, not to, not to drag Walking Dead, because I think what they do, they do really well. But, like, mm-hmm. as long as I've got ammo in my M16, it's fine. You know, and oh, as long as I don't get trapped, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, those if you don't have a broken very... leg, you can just run away from them. <laughs> right, uh, and and they're and look, they never seem to run out of ammunition or fuel for the vehicles. I'm sure sooner or later it happens, but, um, <laughs> but but like, so that's what I really like. Like these zombies are scary, and like you're like you just said, like you're screwed if you get caught by them. Like the fact that they're fast, that's awesome. The second one is. I enjoyed the movie, but I liked the book better. World War Z. Yeah. By Max Brooks. Um, the way it did all these vignettes of, you know, the the war, right? The, the zombie war and told about how people survived and all these different things, which the Brad Pitt film uh, didn't do. It stuck with the family, whatever. And, I, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, but the book by Max Brooks, World War Z, the way they went to all these different survivors and how they survived... And, you know, kind of told it as a history. I really enjoyed that. And it sounds like Black Summer is right up my alley. So I'm putting a little, I'm jotting these notes down. Like I've got your <laughs> Black March. I've got Black Summer. I've got Redemption <laughs> Rye. I'm writing it all down. It's important. Glad I can help. These things. No, you're <laughs> helping. You're helping my summer be better. That's, that's, 
that that's why you're here like this is here's the thing the only reason i'm doing this is to like oh get good recommendations you know and i'm just asking my friends like hey all right give me three things <laughs> um what show have i just watched um well i'm in the middle of re-watching band of brothers because that's just so easy um, and it's going to be after you, that's going to be the subject of the next podcast. So that's an easy one. Um, and you know, anything world war two, but what did I just watch? Oh, I was telling in the last one, I was telling, you might like this, uh, about this, this, this show called the 12th man. Have you heard of it? It's also on oh, Netflix. Yeah. I actually, I heard the previous conversation about that. Yeah, that move, was, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm not going to go through it again, you know, just cause if you, if you really want, like listen to the first 10 minutes of the last episode. Uh, but it was really very good because it really, you know, it took place during this World War II thing, uh, but it was the Norwegians and and it was really this guy's struggle just to get to neutral Sweden and how brutal that was. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just it was really very well done. Um, there were a couple of points. Well, you know, there was there were some scenes that were like, oh, that was. I didn't know that's what frostbite looked like, you know, and stuff like that. They're like, oh, okay, that was upsetting. But, you know, what'd you expect? You knew that going in. So, um, so that's it. I can't remember. I think obviously I need to start watching Black Summer. Uh, you'll know you have done your job, Eric, if the next episode, I'm like, well, I just started Black Summer. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's all right. So there we got some good recommendations for everybody. But like, all right, so that, that was a lie. You're not here just to give me recommendations for things I can consume. Um, although I do like to think that that's why people might tune into a little lightning war. We are consumers of history related stuff, right? Um, mostly, um, you and I, my introduction to Eric, uh, it, it was, he was a high school student and, uh, before I had him as a student, he was in what we called the sci-fi club. Okay. Yeah. Now sci-fi club fooled you had nothing to do with science fiction. It was a gaming <laughs> club in this high school. And first off, I was like, oh my God, the high school I work at has a gaming club? How great is that? Um, and it was mostly kids playing D&D &D and magic cards. So I was like, all right, I've never played magic, but I'm willing to learn. And D&D, &D, you know, that's something I enjoyed in high school until, you know, it, things, hobbies die out and people don't want to play anymore because of, you know, I got a car or girls or whatever, uh, you know, and that's, that's where it went. Um, but so, but since that point, and you know the the, at one point the 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 sci-fi club took a turn, uh, and someone introduced miniature war gaming, like these tabletop war games. And to the listener who doesn't know, um, if you picture like a model train table, um, and instead of the trains, you have like an army at either side, and we throw dice, and so, you know there's certain rules, and my army goes against your army, uh, but it's it's a it like it looks cool, it's a visual. Um, thing that is very appealing. Um, and I, I mean, I was hook, line and sinker. I was like, Oh, I got to do this. And you were very big. You were very happy that that was happening because you had been a war gamer all along. Mm -hmm. Um, so, well, why don't you describe that? Like how, how did you get started, but also describe that change in sci-fi club when all of a sudden people were like, I'm buying models. So go ahead. Sure. So, uh, I got started when I was, I think I was in fourth grade oh my god um, yeah i i you, you I didn't even played, have a choice at fourth grade well <laughs> i mean you know, i had i had so little money i feel like you know I, this was the only choice that i, I had here was oh. to to do tabletop wargaming but but um I, I i played magic cards i played board games i played all kinds of stuff like that 
Um, but I remember I, I met this neighbor, uh, my, my friend Tyler, and he had these these miniatures, and I was like, "What is that?" Because I had like I had the Green Army Men, I had uh, right, right. I had, you know, toy soldier type stuff, but I saw these and they were like detailed. They were right. metal. They were heavy. I was like, this is, this is really cool. And he, then he showed me the artwork that comes on the boxes, the rule books, everything. And it was, this was the late nineties. So uh, late nineties, early two thousands, I think. So it was still a lot of that like stuff from the, the eighties, like the cool, you know, really cool fantasy artwork, uh, colorful, bright, uh, just a, like a really, uh, it caught my eye immediately. So um, it, and you know, it also played on the love of playing with, you know, figurines, uh, Green Army Men, toy soldiers. Um, right. So he then showed me those rules. Like you can, you can actually play these armies on the table. You can figure out, it's not just like, oh, bam, boom, we're fighting. No, like there's actual rules. You're going to roll dice. You're going to use rulers. Uh, you have to guess ranges. Like it, it blew my mind. This was the coolest thing in the world. So I immediately started doing yard work, doing everything I could to try and get some money to buy some of my own figurines. Nice. Now that's, that's, see you, the, the enthusiasm you describe is exactly what I had. Cause I always knew when, you know, that there was a game called Warhammer, right? Mm-hmm. And there was Warhammer 40,000, but I didn't know what those things were. I didn't, no one I knew played them. I did, really didn't know. And so when it when the club got introduced to these things, your reaction was also mine. I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is awesome!" <laughs> Except I was, you know, Eric, you were in fourth grade. I was like thirty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well, as you know, the excitement never goes away. I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's it's always exciting. But 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 you bring up a good point. It's an expensive hobby. These little, you know, it's not like me going to the you know to the CVS. And, and, you know, in their toy aisle, there's a bag of plastic soldiers, uh, you know, for five bucks. Like, I mean, I, I suppose you could use although, those. Although you could. You could because that's what H.G. Wells did, right, with uh, Little Wars. That's where this all started. Right, right. It, yeah, and that's, I mean, look, you can go back the history of, of wargaming and where it started. Uh, yeah, H.G. Wells took like toy soldiers and created ways for playing with them. Um, I, I think the more modern... Um, if you ever watch, you know, I'm bringing in World War II, of course, if you ever watch, you know, like the beginning of A Bridge Too Far or uh, certainly, you know, various episodes of Band of Brothers, whatever, like they have like detailed maps and, you know, uh, it, I mean, they even did it. Did you see uh, Zero Dark Thirty? The, the, I, the raid I didn't on... actually, but I know what it is. Oh, my God. You need to see that film. <laughs> Holy cow, Eric. What? All right. Podcast over. You got to go watch that right now. That's <laughs> Um, all right, I'll see you. Fanta- yeah, see you. All right, good, good. <laughs> We're done here. Um, the, what, my mind is blown. What a great, all right, it's a great film. We'll have to talk about it. How about, okay, you're going to watch it and then you're going to come on and you're like, as a noob, you're going to, you know, like the first time you ever watch it, I want to hear all your thoughts. That's going to be our next episode. Sounds um, good. It's, it's a great idea. Um, but all right, so giveaway, there's a scene where they have a model of the compound on the table, not really giving mm-hmm. anything away. Um, you know, it's the hunt for Osama bin Laden. We, we kind of know how it ends. Um, but, yeah, but, but it's expensive. Like you could play with the five ninety nine bag of soldiers that like, there, there's something to, to the, to the models that you are talking about, either the metal ones or like the deeply detailed plastic ones. They look awesome. They look real. 
Like you can immediately tell, oh, this is an American soldier or whatever, you know, whatever it is, if it's a fantasy, you know, right. uh, this is a orc, this is yeah. a, an elf. This is, yeah. Yeah. Like the, it's not just a, a lump of plastic that has a vaguely, like I love the, the, the little bags of toy soldiers. Cause it's like, all right, this guy's, well, he's got a German helmet from world war two, but the gun is American from Vietnam era <laughs> and the, the, you know, like, and I think only history people, you know, military history, war gaming types would notice these things, but like, they're just, you know, they're just kind of like very generic and stuff like that. Um, Luckily for them, we're not the market that they uh, seem to be targeting. No, it's, <laughs> although that is one way to, you know, I, I remember Ben, we, we, we visited Gettysburg and I let him spend some money and he bought like all these play sets and I was like, oh my God, he's getting into war gaming. You know, he had them all set up in his room. Uh, but but you know what, though? Because there's somebody listening right now like, war gaming, that's for nerds. Like, oh yeah, guy, do you have Star Wars figures? You know what I mean? Like, it's the yeah, same yeah. thing. It's you got all... comic books. Yeah. Uh, do, you like, play, do you play board games? Like the, the sophisticated board games? Do you play Settlers of Catan? Like... Right. The, so there, I'll blow your mind. I have never played Settlers of Catan. Really? Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard how great. I would like to. I've heard how great it is. Um, I just have never played. I've never been in that situation. We don't own it, uh, mm -hmm. you know. So there you go. There's a recommendation. Well, maybe um, next war gaming meeting, we uh, instead of playing a war game, we play Settles of Catan, and we hate hate each other by the end of it. Oh, is that what it does? Oh yeah, yeah. Because you're, oh. it's like an economic game, and you're like, you, you cannot trade with certain people and screw them over if they need stone. You know, it's. It's a whole thing. Phil, Phil will wipe the floor with us because that's All right, what forget he does. it. Then we're not playing with Phil. <laughs> you know what? I don't need to be wiped the floor by Phil and his Scots anymore. <laughs> and you know what's funny? And and look, I'll say it publicly. He's 100% right that we allow it because we never, like when we're playing against Phil and, you know, we're playing against his Scots, we never say, hey, let's all hit the same thing at the same time so he can't use his diet. You know, he can't use his resources against us. Nope. We go at it piecemeal and, you know, they're a very defensive army and, you know, and that's, you know, and my guys at least get hacked to death. That's what happens um, inside. Well, you know, it's, we're gung ho and, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun, but we don't always think strategically. Uh, right. You know. Right. I, and that and that's <laughs> well, look like, you know, so, to again, the, the person who might be, you know, I feel like most people who are listening to this, like understand at least the concept part of it is just fun like it kind of doesn't matter in the end whether you win or lose it's just that we have played uh and, and i got to like last time we were at your place and we we played lord of the rings which i do want to bring up next and and so this will be our segue um excuse me rather we played the middle earth battle strategy game mm -hmm. um but we just call it lord of the rings because it's lord of the rings um i mean i like to pretend the hobbit just doesn't exist so well you know what i liked the first one the first one was okay because I it, mostly because what's his name the actor who played Bilbo really did it for me. Like I thought his mannerisms were Bilbo Martin Freeman and I liked it. Right? Yes, Martin Freeman. I thought he yeah. was excellent. Um, but you're right. The the Hobbit series was overblown, um, but it's still you know it's still nice to visit I suppose. Um, but like but so back to your you had this table with these ruins. Um, and, and like a farmhouse and there was a tomb in the one corner and mm -hmm. like, so, you know, like it brought me into this world and that's what is, is lacking when we sit down and play a board game or, 
uh, something else. And I think it, it's hard for people to understand. And I get that. Like, there's an involvement. There's a buy-in. Once I've spent money on these models, which is, again, a whole other thing, and I've painted them and I've built them. And, and by the way, my Galadrum are looking very good. I'm almost done with them. I'm um, excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you've pretty much seen most of the work, but now it's down to, like, little fine touches and stuff. Um, but, it, like... I want my army to do well and there's an excitement and like, you know, like of like, this could be a scene from the film. Right. Um, and that's why, and this is my next topic and I, I know, you know, what's coming. I don't think there's that much of a difference and here it comes. Like, so there's listeners who are going to be like, Oh my God, no way. I don't think there's that big of a difference between historical wargaming and fantasy wargaming. I think they are shades of the same, excitement whether i'm excited of my lord of the rings tolkien elves mm -hmm. or i'm excited because my u.s paratroopers that look a lot like the guys from band of brothers i've now put them in this this scene on the table and i'm rolling dice and i'm invested in how those stupid little lumps of steel and plastic do that's what i think i think it's the same thing absolutely i mean i i think wargaming scratches an itch that's like I think that everybody has of sort of wondering, what if things played out differently? What if, what if uh, the elves ended up going to Minas Tirith and defending, uh, you know, Gondor from Mordor? Or you know, what if, uh, what if the South, the South was winning the Civil War and you know laid siege to uh, Washington D.C. You know, like I think being able to play out all sorts of what if scenarios. I think being able to replay uh, wars, battles scenarios that we that we already know of but seeing if they turn out differently i think i think that's a lot of the fun of, of of doing it seeing can i can i come up with better tactics than the real world commanders can i you know can i save these guys that you know shouldn't have made it right the the charge of the light brigade or or you know whatever uh, normandy can can i do a better invasion yeah absolutely like you you remind me of of two times one one I referenced with uh, Bruce when I played Flames of War at this big New Jersey con, and they had this f huge Omaha beach table. It must have been 16 feet long, and I just I was just in charge of the 16th Infantry Regiment on one on like I was the left flank, um, and I actually I, I didn't win the game, but like my troops penetrated the deepest of all the forces, which was weird because if you consider the history of Omaha Beach. You know, that wasn't yeah. where it was. But also once at a, at a subsequent year, uh, Bruce and I were, we played a, a Gettysburg game. Um, oh, cool. And he and what I, rule yeah, set was and, that? Uh, I believe it was Fire and Fury. Okay. I, I Bruce might remember better than me. I'm pretty sure it was Fire and Fury. So, you know, um, you know, a lot of the games you and I play, like a tank is one tank or, you know, one soldier mm -hmm. is one soldier. Um, for a game like that, you know, you have a stand of four soldiers and they actually represent 250 men or something like that. So there's this, you know, because um, there's no way to, you know, some of these engagements are, are massive. And Gettysburg certainly, you know, had like, you know, all of the, you know, almost over 200,000 soldiers at any given time, you know, maybe more. Um, and I remember Bruce was commanding uh, the northern end uh, at Cemetery Ridge. And I actually had the honor of defending Little Round Top. Uh, and so, like, hey. you, know, you know, and like, and by the way, there were two other Union commanders between us. So I was like, Bruce, how's it going down there? He's like, good, good. You know, like all sorts of stuff was happening. Um, but it was exciting because I needed to see if I could get my troops to the top of this hill 
before the Confederates could because then they could have rolled up this whole, you know what I mean? Like they'd have this advantage. So there right. is an excitement there. Right, right. But but so, okay, but you said something that like, all right, I'm going to call BS on you because like, well, wait a minute. It's not real world situations. Like there was no Gondor. There were no elves. It doesn't matter whether or not they came to Minas Tirith because it's fantasy. So defend yourself. What well, do you... So- <laughs> So that that's true, but I, I think and it's, I'm leading you somewhere, by the way. So go ahead. I want to see what you say. Well, for me, I mean, it's being able to just play something out that's supposed to happen a certain way, and it's something that like I'm excited about. So I'm excited about history, and I'm excited about fantasy. And yes. of course, the two are sort of related, right? Because like a lot of fantasy is built upon uh, legends, uh, Arthurian myths, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, it's just I take something I'm, I'm super excited about, something I love, I'm passionate about, and I want to replay it. I want to see if I can do it differently. Um, but uh, I don't know. What did you have in mind? What, what do you well, get no, Well, no, you're leading in the right direction because, like, yeah, we, we've all seen Lord of the Rings, right? So, okay, and, and you and I have been playing a lot of that lately. Um, I'll say it to you this way. What if I say, because I play, for again, for the listeners, I play a, a Lothlorien army. So I've got... Um, Galadriel and Celeborn and Haldir in his multiple forms. And then a lot of these, like I've got these wood elf soldiers and I've got these armored wood elves, right? What if I painted them, you know, the wrong colors? What if I painted them the wrong colors that, you know, that they weren't like in the movie? Um, I mean, it's my models. I could do what I want with them, right? Mm -hmm. But like, but there's something in your head and in my head and in Phil's head and Bruce's head and anyone who's seen Lord of the Rings, like, no, they're supposed to be gold. Right. And their cloaks are supposed to be blue and that's the way they are. So like there's a history there and you touched on it just now with Thorian and like fantasy is based on real world cultures. Like I'll sit there and I'll paint my German soldiers meticulously to try to get them as close to what they were in the 1940s. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And what uniforms. Oh, these are Fallschirmjäger. So they had the smocks. Right. Or. Or, you know, whatever the, the bibs were called. Um, and they had this camo pattern, not that camo pattern. There's a history to the elves of Lorien that said they have gold armor. And it's just as real, you know, when we're playing a game, that, that I get that right. Because if I didn't, you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, oh, way to paint your elves red. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to take something. Right. Like, there's almost an agreement that that we're trying to get this other aspect. And this is where research and study comes in, um, at least historically, but then also, you know, with these, some of these fantasy games, they're supposed to look a certain way. Um, and I think we put time and effort into that. And, and even if it's not real, I mean, Tolkien wrote the Silmarillion. There's a ton of history in middle earth. Right. Uh, and, Absolutely. and so like, that's where I'm kind of circling to like in a lot of ways, the Middle Earth battle strategy game, or is it strategy battle game? I don't know. Lord Strat- of the Rings. Strategy uh, battle game. I think. Strategy battle. <laughs> SPG. SPG. Um, yes. It it has these echoes of a history because, and you know, like all you got to do is look at the Facebook group. People want to get it right. Nobody's being like, oh, mm-hmm. I painted these guys pink just for the hell of it. Like, no, 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 no. That Rohan didn't wore pink. They were green and gold. And you know what I mean? Like, so there's a history there that we wanted a certain way. Um, and just like you said, there are these battles. Yeah, they're fake. They were in Tolkien's imagination. Um, but we've accepted that as real, right? Like mm-hmm. I read the Lord of the Rings 
the Battle of Minas Tirith is the Battle of Minas Tirith. This is how it went, um, just like I read about the Civil War or World War II. Uh, you know, this is how it went. I want to replicate that. So I, I think more than any other genres of gaming and, and like movies or books, I think history and fantasy mold together very easily. And you just brought up King Arthur, um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite non-historical yeah but was there something that it was based on i mean i love i love the Arthurian myths and all that um like there's something there that like rings true uh and i so i think it's almost you know again like this this podcast is supposed to be more about history um and it is but i i don't think that we're so far away that someone isn't you know vibing with us right now you know what i mean like i think it's kind of the same stuff i don't know i kind of went off there never mind uh, you know, no, that's all right. Well, and I think I think stepping out, sort of from the from the Lord of the Rings specific, like I think that's one of the inter- interesting things about wargaming is that you get you get different kinds of people, right? So a lot of us are like we want to we want our we want our armies to look the way they're supposed to. We want our elves to look the way they're supposed to. Whatever it is, whatever fantasy real world setting it is that we're trying to emulate, but. I, you also have a, a section of, of wargaming of people that are very much into – maybe not, they're not even into the gaming itself. Maybe they're more into the painting and assembling of miniatures mm-hmm. and displaying them. And so sometimes you'll see people doing crazy things, right? But, like, right. it's it's part of the hobby. It's like this this is such a multifaceted hobby. So you have the, the people – you have the hardcore gamers who want to win, right, that, that right. know the rules and they figured out how to – how to bend the rules to their will and know, know how to, you know, like Phil. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and then you have Phil the people... is very good at figuring that out. Yes. <laughs> and then you have the, the the people who are into the history of it, into making it, you know, let's make this as real as we can. Let's paint them right. Let's get the, you know, set the terrain right. Let's get aerial pictures of whatever battlefield on earth. And we're going to try to do that on tabletop. Um, and then, you know, you have the artistic people that can just, that, that are taking this and it's a means of, of just, you know, whatever painting and, and, yeah, creative and building expression. and modeling. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. customizing miniatures, you know, you, you get your sprue and then there are people that take the, take uh, green stuff, which uh, for those who don't know, is like a, basically like a putty. Uh, uh, yeah, it's almost like silly um, putty. Yeah. And, and they sculpt it and they change the miniatures to, to whatever they want. Give them armor, give them a different head, a different shield, whatever. It's really, I think it's it's such a fun hobby. Exactly, and 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 what else is also nice is like, it's always there for you. Like, oh, if I'm if I have a busy week and I can't, you know, work on these models or paint these the way I want them, like it's all right. They'll be there when I get back to it. Um, now, some people, you know, they 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 make a little bit more time for it, and I I I do during the summer. You know what I mean? Like during the summer, mm-hmm. I'm off. I'm able to make it more of a priority than other times. So like I look to the summer as like, all right, what can I, what can I mass produce? Um, but yeah, there's so many different, and you know, there's a lot of people who are a mix of those things too. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they want the historical battlefield or, um, but they want to win, but they also want to be like, Oh, I really want to sculpt this guy the way I want it. Like there's, there's all types in this, in this, uh, in this particular hobby. And I think, you know, like frankly, you describing it, I have been, at various times, all of those people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it, it's, um, I mean, I remember Bruce and I for flames did the battle of Melim airport in Crete. 
you know, okay. and, which was, I mean, a very specific, but we looked it up. I looked at maps. I looked at maps from then. I looked at what it looks like now, you know, um, and, and it was, it was a historical scenario that we played out and turned out to be a lot of fun. Um, and the results were pretty much pretty close to what actually happened. Um, but like, you know, there's a lot of ways to replicate these things. And I think, you know, getting back to the fantasy, like when I, I remember when we first played Lord of the Rings back in sci-fi club, and this was the first iteration of the Lord of the Rings game. I was so disappointed that archery didn't, didn't, didn't work as much because, because, you know, there's that opening sequence, right. Uh, in the battle, you know, against the, you know, with the elves and men, the last uh, Alliance, the last Alliance, and, you know, these waves of orcs come and the elves just open up and like just you, you watch these bodies just fall. And you're like, oh, you know, like, wow, that's really effective. And then, you know, when we play the game, uh, you know, bows can be effective sometimes, like in the right situation, uh, you know, you having a, a, a model that's armed with a bow and, and I play Lothlorien elves, so I prefer it. It's it's my style. Um it's kind of uh you know it i remember being so disappointed but like whatever it's it's i think it's gone through a couple iterations and it works a little bit better now but but and that think, brings I up bowfire i think bowfire well at least in lord of the rings br briefly i think bowfire is something that like it can change the the turn the tide of a game but it's not something that like you can rely on you know what i mean it, it can help get you out of tight situations right when when phil's berserker is coming at my you know garbage men of rohan Knocking him out with, with a bit of arrow fire. Yeah, like focusing arrow fire and knocking him out is huge, right? Because it, it, it can it can save you at key moments, but you can't rely on it. And they and they ensure with the rules that you can't, right? That their rule that oh only a third of your army can have bows unless it's right. a specific special Well it'd be interesting and I'd be willing to do this, be like, Oh no, I'm gonna take all archers and let's see how a game played out. You know what I mean? But right. it but challenge it, accepted. Well, all right. Yeah, but then you know you're going to bring all these heavy armored guys, you know, or, you know, like it's, it's, it's gotta be against, I think it depends on the opponent as well, like what you're playing. Um, so, so speaking of those things, like, and, and so now at this point, you know, I, I have been playing war games with you since the two thousands, right. In, in yes. you know, with, with, with pauses here and there and like you were in college and, uh, but we found each other again and, uh, you know, I'd say for the past 10 years, we've been pretty good at it, like off and on, of course. Um, yeah, people get busy, but we always find our, our way back to getting the, the group together. Exactly. Um, can you think, I just want a reflective, What what's one of the funnest times you've had? Like just because, and, and you know, Phil and I talked about it, like already, like you're describing of the hobby in the game, like your enthusiasm comes out and people want to be part of that. And that's, and no, I, I think, I, I don't know what to call it, but you have this personality that, that like Eric is having fun. I want to join him on it. Like, and I've seen that time and time again. Uh, and I've told you this. Um, and it hurts me to compliment you such, but, but it's true. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's true. Um, so, so what, it, like, if you can, like, describe a time you were just like this was an awesome game or an awesome moment or something like just something that really sticks out in your head like one thing um it, it's tough because there's there's just so many little moments that end up being like yep. the coolest thing ever mm -hmm. um i think going back <laughs> we're, to we're such children i know right like <laughs> talking about our toy soldiers and yes whatever yes. i should be talking about you know whatever finding a, a wife or something uh, whatever anyway um I think for me, go, going back to Sci-Fi Club, 
I and I know we were talking about sort of our gaming and memes, but like I, I will never forget getting so excited about my big blocks of orcs just smashing through everything and me screaming, Wah! and probably everyone in the high school being like, what is wrong with this guy? But yeah, and like, it was just, it, it, it was so much fun doing that. And you were flying your flag. That's all it is. You were, that's you were like, yeah, this is who I, mean, I am. And that's how it is. <laughs> but I mean, that sticks with me because I really did enjoy my orc army. I really did just, I loved getting into it. I loved crushing the opponents. It was so much fun. Um, and then I think I think more more recently, well, there was a stint, a brief stint where I played some 40k. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things that ever happened in that that I can think of off the top of my head is um, I I used to play those catachans, which you totally made fun of me for. Um, oh yeah, because they're yeah they're like um, like a, a army of men in, in this grim future that has to fight all kinds of craziness, but. But the men are basically all, uh, you know, the guy from Predator, right? Like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger right. or Rambo, from Predator. Or Rambo. Yeah, or, yeah. or Rambo, yeah. Like ridiculous arms and uh, bandanas and yep, yep. whatever. Um, but so I, I ended up fighting uh, the Tyranids, which are this like... Oh, they're uh, the alien, alien ripoffs. Race, yeah, yes. exactly. They're like alien or the Zerg from StarCraft, right? All of these mm. things rip each other off. Um, but they were fighting the Tyranids, and my, my regular soldiers with knives managed to kill this Tyranid Lictor, which is like uh, their just up-close combat monster. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, that my little guys in this scary, horrible, futuristic environment managed to close combat kill this monster that's like three times the size of them. That's pretty um, cool. And then going to the, I don't know, more more recently, like our gaming, we've had tons of fun times. I mean, times where somehow... Somehow our, you know, crappy American or British tanks survive encounters with tigers or, or you know, manage to even maybe knock out a tiger tank or, or whatever. But I think the, cool, the coolest thing is just, like, that we've managed to keep our, I think, our friendship going for a, a year. I mean, you said it before, right? Since, since high school, basically, uh, for me. So I don't know what to do. I graduated 2007, so before that. Um, we've managed to sort of keep this friendship and this excitement and this, this thing that keeps us all coming back together. And like wargaming is the center of that, you know, it, it's like we, we get together, we play and like, yeah, sure. You want to win. You want to have fun. You want to show off your army that you're painting. You want to whatever, but just getting together and, you know, talking, you know, get, Oh, how are things going? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, how often do we talk for 45 minutes before we even, or an hour before we even start playing, right? Way too many times. That's that's <laughs> why we never finish a game. That's, that's why we, like every game's like, eh, we're close. My guys are dead. So you know, and I'm looking at my watch, like, like right. And it's you, like it's ten thirty at night. <laughs> yeah, you're still a young man. I, I'm feeling the age, the uh, the the eight, the years. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> you know, I could push it a little bit, but then I'm like, all right, guys, I'm done. You know, <laughs> it's too bad, really. Um, but you it's know, the social I, aspect. You know, like, yes. so sorry, I cut you off there, but it, it's the social aspect. And that's why I would argue it's better than video games. It's better than, right? It's like, it's getting us all together. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. Um, and I mean, like, you know, not to diss on video games because there's some pretty good ones out there, but uh, that's not the point right now. But yeah, like, um, there's a social aspect that, you know, uh, there's no difference than, you know, you and I getting together to 
to, to play a game than say like, you know, uh, you know, the neighborhood poker night or whatever, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it could be, which some people might be involved in or whatever. Um, which is funny. I, I remember a long time ago when I first got into flames, I was, I was very excited and I would think I was showing off like, you know, my tanks to like our, you know, our, our, a couple that were over. And like the guy was like, Oh yeah, it's kind of cool. Like he kind of thought it was cool. He was tolerant. I, you know, he obviously wasn't into it, but his wife was like, why don't you guys just play poker? I was like, well, because that's, I mean, I don't know. It's not the same thing, you know, like, but, but it occurred to me that it, it you know, how you spend your time and entertain, like the, the, the social aspect is really truly what, what, what is so exciting. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I've got so many, just like you said, like there's so many exciting times and you, like, you know, moments. Um, I remember your waves of orcs crushing whatever army i had just because you were so far advanced at warhammer and i was like how do you do this again um oh yeah and and you know i also just spent the money to have like 40 orcs or 50 orcs in a unit and, you and just i'd can't. have like 10 yeah, yeah. <laughs> like okay <laughs> you know i definitely for the longest time i was definitely like the bare minimum player and i realized that that's not how well some games it matters some games it doesn't um but I definitely was, you know, not willing to buy 40 boxes of, of, of soldiers or whatever. Uh, one was enough for me. But of course, you know, uh, there's a there's a saying in, in, in flames that, you know, if you have minimum sized platoons, expect minimum sized results. So like, okay, right, right, right. right. But but I liked how flames, uh, you know, sold their boxes better. But that's different. Um, but what well, you're I, all I talking think... about, the God. Well, I do think uh, something that, that brings up a good point, though, too, right? Because, like, wargaming is such a big hobby. So many different mm-hmm. rule sets. So many different... I think that was one of the problems of, of uh, I think, by the time we were doing Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi Club, it was, like, Warhammer 8th Edition. Uh, yep. they, they encourage you to buy more. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure there's a monetary incentive there. They want, you know, bigger mm-hmm. units. They helps you companies. win. You buy more. Yeah. But... The, the thing about wargaming that's so cool is there are ways you can you can dip your feet in you can get into a skirmish war game right like you can you can get it doesn't have to be huge armies on the table it can be right. small operations it can be I mean there's wargaming for virtually anything there's yep. uh, there's uh, the wild there's wild west wargaming little gunfights with a few cowboys like so it doesn't have to be this big uh, crazy thing you got to buy a hundred miniatures you got to paint them you got to put them together like it, it could be very small. You can dip your toes in. You could play Malifaux. You could play um, Malifaux oh in, intrigues me. It's I, I I always look at it like wow, but like some of the miniatures are so rated R. I don't think I could bring them home. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just, like I just you know. But anyway, keep going. Like I wish you were saying what you were saying now early because like there's definitely people who like maybe it's not for them. Like I know that there are groups of like tabletop gamers who listen to this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And they just haven't taken that leap. And like, yeah, because it's easier. Like, just buy a board game, set it up and play. But like, it is a slippery slope. And it's very easy to get into quickly. And you don't have to paint. I mean, how many times have we just been like, oh, my guys are, you know, they're still plastic and it's fresh. Like, it's okay. We're playing. It's okay. Like, Oh, yeah. My my orc hordes were an army, a horde of gray plastic just descending upon you. (laughs) Which is scary in in itself. (laughs) Um, I remember when I finally tried to start painting and it was just such garbage. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's something else that increases your satisfaction down the line. But it's not a necessity. Um, I mean, there's tons of games that, out there that have these plastic miniatures and you play with them all the time. And, you know, it's right. fine. But like you said earlier, right? Well, so two things. Like you said earlier, 
when you when we were playing and you have this board set up and these painted miniatures and like you're looking like if you ever want to sell someone on tabletop wargaming oh god yeah you know put the terrain down get your painted armies down and that people will be like wow like Mm -hmm. you know it's the same appeal as as the like you mentioned earlier model train the model railroads you know it's Mm -hmm. the same it's just it's a it's like an awe-inspiring thing um and then you know going back to to doing the painting it, it is a challenge at first but once you finally paint a model and you're and you know you do the various steps you, you do your undercoat you you uh, do the, all the layers the base the base layers um, uh, wash it highlight mm-hmm. it blah blah mm-hmm. the first time you do that and you see that finished miniature and you're like oh my god like I did that yeah it's very I, rewarding yeah yep. and and I'm not artistic so like for me I I couldn't believe that I did what I did you know and yeah. granted it would never stand up to the, the, the stuff that the guys at Battlefront do or, oh, or sure. the Game Workshop Golden Demon winners mm-hmm. or any of that. But, like, it's just the most rewarding thing because yep. you never would think you... If you're not an artistic person, you never would think you could do it. But if you just right. take your time and stick with it, it's it's doable. And you didn't paint for the longest time. I have to be no. honest. Like, you didn't... Uh, you know, and, and I remember, like, I didn't want to. I was afraid to, but I finally started to... Um, you know, because I bought some on eBay that I was like, I can do better than this. And then I was like, oh, all right. I just, you know, challenge accepted <laughs> by me. You know, I totally, it was total cell phone. Um, but since then, I'm like, no, I enjoy the painting, even if it's not great. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, it doesn't matter if my models look better or worse than than Bruce's or Phil's or yours. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's painted. It looks, it's good enough, you know, and, and you're you're right, like that awe-inspiring look of a table that's well done how many times have we played at maplewood especially like on like when they used to have like flames war games in the afternoons and this is going back Mm -hmm. and like younger people would come through and be like whoa what game is this you know like there was all you know there was it just generates interest um because it's kind of a cool fun hobby and that's you know and that's i mean that's why we're here right yeah um Everybody play with toy soldiers, right? It's just the next, it's the next evolution. I think, I think it's definitely relaxing too. Like mm-hmm. you get a good game in and you drive home and you're like, that was fun. And now I'm, I'm ready to take on whatever, you know, whatever's tomorrow or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a nice little pressure release or, you know, whatever stuff like that. Sure. Um, and it's certainly like, as far as, uh, as far as ways to spend your time as a, as an adult, right? Like, it's a very wholesome way to, to spend your time. It's a very, you know, of course we drink while we're playing, but like it's, (laughs) it's, it's a, it's, it's a fun thing to do. Even people that, you know, my dad doesn't care about this stuff, but I show him the painted miniatures I did. He's like, Oh wow, you did that Rick. Like that's so cool. You know, so I feel like it's, it's, it's a really a, a very rewarding hobby. And I don't know. I just, I'm trying to sell people. That's my goal on this, this podcast is to convince your listeners to check out tabletop wargaming. I hope some will. I, I think, I think, I, you know, there it is. I, I think with that, we can probably wrap it up. Like that's the point, right? Um, you know, a little lightning war is in, in a lot of part going to be dealing with tabletop wargaming. Not every, not all the time. Like there's a lot of history to talk about in movies and books, but we, you and I engage with our hobby uh, in a way that some people have never really thought of. And I think selling them on that, to get more people to try it is really, uh, it's the way, you know, it's the way to do Absolutely. things. It, gotta try it. Um, and hey, join it's us. partly it's selfish too, because you know, I want more people to play against. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So let's, let's wrap it up then. Like, uh, you know, like there's, the, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, 
I feel like there's more to say, but you know, it's it's not articulate at the moment, and you're certainly going to be on again. Um, how do we wrap this up? Or did we just like you want more people to play? It's a fun way to play um, with you know to engage with your hobby. And yeah, uh, I, I think give it. I think give it a shot. You know, if this if any of this sounds interesting to you as a listener, give it a shot. Check out Little Wars TV on YouTube. They're awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to see. Tabletop Wargaming at its best. They do an amazing job. They, yes. I, it's it's my hope to one day get one of them on, on this podcast and immediately apologize for the blatant <laughs> ripoff of their name. Uh, you know, like it's just, I loved the little part. And so I just, I, I probably spent a week messing with that in my head until I finally came on a little lightning war, including the German translation, which early episodes have. But I, I agree. I think that's, that's the way there's a visual appeal. Uh, there's certainly an addiction to it. Um, but ultimately, it's social. It's a lot of fun. It's wholesome. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like in <laughs> earlier episode, like, you know, Phil made mention of war. You know, some people get turned off like, well, you know, it's just it's a fancy version of chess. Uh, yeah. You know, chess is. Well, a I mean, we, we watch war movies. We, you know, read books about war. We, you know, it just because you play a game, it doesn't mean you. I'm not idolizing what happened. Yeah. yeah. I'm not and, excited. Well, I'm excited when my Vikings charge into battle and, you know, it doesn't matter who dies <laughs> and who lives, but everything else you want your guys to live. But but all right, let's, uh, let's you know what then, Eric? I think I, I think we can safely put a cap on it. Is there is there any last thoughts, final thoughts, anything you want to plug or promote? Is there anything dear to your heart, like a charity or something or something that people ought to go do? I, I wish I could say I had some sort of like awesome charity that I could not nah, at, at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I think all I can say is I is feel like people, funny? I feel like, <laughs> I believe people that's, that's uh, Seinfeld, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad only I'm getting certain, your reference. Only certain people are going to get that. Yes. The human, <laughs> donate to the human fund. Um, I know. I feel like, you know, all I could say is I feel like people should stick around with this podcast because hey, I like what you're doing, and I think, I, I think, one other thing that I do want to mention, right? So, like, uh, I studied to be a teacher. I didn't end up doing that, right? But um, I, my, I had to write like my philosophy on history because I wanted to be a, a social studies history teacher. And I think something that that you're doing in your podcast is something that like I feel like people need to keep in mind about history, like to give it a chance, right? Is like I think history history can be a very empowering thing, so. We, we talk so much about all of these different historical figures like George Washington or, or uh, whoever, Abraham Lincoln, right? As if they're these gods, mm-hmm. right? These, these gods among men, people that, that we would never have anything in common with, people that we could never understand who, who, who did these amazing things, right? But the reality is, and what history teaches us is that these people were just like us, right? People with doubts, fears, loves, you know, things that got in the way of what they wanted to do that they they struggled through you know it, and i just think history if you really learn history like once you get past your you know your second grade whatever george washington chopped down the cherry tree or whatever nonsense like i think history is empowering and it should it should teach us that that you can do something great too right we have the power to change the world going back to lord of the rings right even the smallest person <laughs> uh, <laughs> can change the course of, of the true of the history. world the or, true or, yes yes like I think history should be that and, and can be that if you just give it a chance. So that's my little, uh, you know. I, Eric Miller, 
like you said it you summed it up <laughs> perfect uh thank you very much for being on uh thanks again thank for having you. me Steve. no thank you for being here again like that was probably the best wrap-up i've ever heard um thank you dear listener for being with me once again i hope you'll continue to uh listen to a little lightning war um and stay tuned for the official email address so you can send me hate mail uh, or also or also uh, <laughs> offer suggestions um but in any case thanks very much for being here and good night